Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Do you struggle with knowing exactly what you should be doing to move the needle forward in your business? And do you struggle with knowing what to focus on next? If so, if this sounds like you, I have two solutions for you. Number one is mastermind groups. There is so much power in getting people together and helping to solve each other's problems. At Eat Blog Talk, we have put together our own mastermind groups and we are hosting these weekly. You can join at any time. You can try it out for a month or you can sign up for a quarter or you can go all in and sign up for an entire year. Come join us. See if it's a great fit for you. And this will really help you to solve those problems you're having in your business and give you clarity about what you should be doing next to move your business forward. The next solution is the Eat Blog Talk membership. I have spent all of 2021 so far putting so much value inside of the membership. It is such a supportive and wonderful place to be for food bloggers. We are learning so much from each other. We are joining together in monthly intensive calls where we focus on very specific parts of food blogging in order to grow our businesses in massive ways. We also have guest experts come in and join us very regularly to talk about really specific parts of food blogging. And we get one-on-one access to these experts, such as Matt Mullen from Email Crush, Casey Marquis from MediaWise. So many great people are joining us in these sessions and they are super valuable. There are so many reasons why you should be in the membership. I could not even start touching on all of it. If you're tired of wandering around aimlessly in your business and not knowing what to focus on, Give the membership a try for free for two weeks. Go to eatblogtalk.com. You can sign up for the masterminds there and you can also start the process of getting into the membership for two weeks just to check it out. The rest of us can't wait to see you inside. Hey, food bloggers. Welcome to another episode of Eat Blog Talk. I am so happy you are joining us today. I have Sari Ibrahim with me today from Financial Asset Protection, and we are going to talk about financial strategies for bloggers in order to help you retain and grow the money you are making from blogging. Sari is a financial planner and member of the Bank on Yourself organization. He helps real estate investors, business owners, and full-time employees grow safe and predictable wealth regardless of market conditions using a financial strategy that has been around for over 160 years. Sari started this journey when he was in grad school completing his MBA. He worked for companies like Allstate, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna HealthSpring, and Humana before founding Financial Asset Protection, which is a financial services firm that focuses on one sole concept, the bank on yourself concept, also known as the infinite banking concept. I am excited to talk about all of this today, Sari. It sounds like you have a wealth of information, but before we dig into it, we would all love to hear your fun fact. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, fun fact, um, let's see, uh, not so much fun, but just a fact. Uh, before I got into financial pl- financial planning, I was in the healthcare uh, industry. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
I guess that kind of relates. In your bio, we talked about Blue Cross Blue Shield. So that's probably how that marries all together. Very cool. Well, the goal of many food bloggers, Sari, I'm sure you probably know this, is to make money. Money that will either help them leave other jobs or maybe money that will allow them more freedoms and time with their families or time with people they love. And we all have a variety of options as far as how to bring the money in. That is the goal. Like ultimately, we want that. But once we start bringing the money in, we also need to keep it and preferably we grow it as well. So you have this term called infinite banking. I would love to hear what that is. Just kind of break that down for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so infinite banking, it's a concept. It's, it's, a, it's a term and a concept. Uh, it's also known as the bank on yourself strategy. So to kind of give a little bit of his, history behind the concept, uh, it was center, started by somebody named Nelson Nash about 20 years ago. And uh, Mr. Nash wrote a book called Becoming Your Own Banker. And it explains what this infinite banking concept is. And I guess the, the, the reason why he came up with the concept is because he, was, he had a lot of debt. He was paying a lot of interest to other banks. And then he realized that you know, the amount of interest he was paying along with other people, how much they were paying to other banks, um, that was a huge problem in his business. And he needed to kind of reposition those dollars to get those to get the interest back into his pocket. So infinite banking involves you becoming your own source of financing or your own source of lending. So that way you you pay interest back to yourself in t- instead of paying it to um, other banks or other lenders. That's kind of why it was established. Now, what it is exactly, um, it's kind of a counterintuitive approach. It's it's the use of dividend paying whole life insurance. So to kind of take a step back, like there's different types of life insurance and one of them is whole life insurance. It has cash value and it also has life insurance. The cash value growth of the policy, that's where infinite banking comes in and growing the cash value and being being able to use it in your business over and over again. Um, that's, that's what infinite banking is and it's for you to become your own source of financing. And there's a lot more other benefits, other financial benefits that we could definitely get into um, as we go along this podcast. So how does one learn more about this because I'm not a financial person. I don't, you know, I don't know a lot of the terminology. What if somebody wants to learn more about it? Is there a way to easily do that? Do you have resources for that? Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of free content out there. So there's a lot of bunch of podcasts. We actually just started our podcast. It's called Thinking Like a Bank. And we talk about how infinite banking works, how somebody could implement it. Um, there's there's the book Becoming Your Own Banker. If you actually, if, if listeners wait until the end, I'll send them a free copy of the book Becoming Your Own Banker for free. Um, I'll include the website address at the end of the podcast, but they have to stick around until the end. And then I'll send them the <laughs> okay. free copy. Um, awesome. And then there's also another book, The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. I'll also send that book for free too. So the, there's, a lot, there's a ton of free content. And we always recommend like clients get kind of familiar with infinite banking become somewhat familiar with it, how it works. And and I think before you think of how it works, rather why, why it's there. Um, and it, you know, we already talked about interest. That's a common problem for people. On average, the average person spends about one third of their money on servicing debt. So on average, somebody who makes $100,000 a year, probably 33,000 of that is going to go towards mortgage, student loans, auto loans, credit card payments, personal debt, other types of, of financing. Um, and that's a huge problem, obviously, alongside another problem too is taxes. So a lot of people right now are uh, deferring taxes for the future. 
And then when you do that from kind of not to give tax advice or anything, I'm not a tax professional, but when you give, when you defer taxes for the future, you expose yourself to the potential for future tax rate increases in the future, as we're seeing right now. So now, we're, now is kind of the future. Tax rates are slowly climbing right now. And, and these are some of the kind of things that, you know, some of the problems that people need to look out for in their financial portfolios. So it can help bloggers because we can retain a lot more of our money. How else can this be helpful to bloggers? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, so you, you mentioned to retain your the money uh, that, that you're making. Um, number two, it could help you create a tax-free retirement. So if you are blogging for a living, you know, you're, in other words, you're self-employed, you're a business owner, you need to kind of think of ways as how do you take the dollars you're making and put them somewhere that, that it's going to work for you. Um, and entrepreneurship typically, for, for, for most entrepreneurs, their business is not set up that way. It's not set up to get passive income in the future. Um, but you still need some sort of way, you need some sort of way that you can earn, you can earn, um, income in the future and not only earn income in the future, but earn it, um, with tax advantages or on a tax advantage basis. And this could help with that. Uh, the third reason it could, the third way it could help is you could use it as an asset protection tool. This is something that people don't like to really talk about, but, um, as you are making a lot more money and hopefully we want to, we want to, we want to have these good problems, right? Megan, we want to be able to make a lot of money to the point where we're wondering, you know, how do we protect this money now? Um, typically, I don't know why, but typically a lot of people who make a lot of money end up, you know, uh, getting sued and, you know, other things like that. I'm not saying that's going to happen to you. I'm just saying that if that does happen to you, you want to be in a situation where you've, your money is protected in most states, in most states in the U United States, the cash value of a life insurance policy is protected from bankruptcy, creditors, you know, all types of outside risks. So that's another huge advantage that you get to protect your money that you're earning, that you're working so hard for. Um, and so just from the top, so we talked about retaining money, tax advantage, retirement, asset protection. Oh, and then you can also use it to grow your food blogging business. So, um, and I'm, and I'm assuming this is how it works, right? Megan, like as you are building your business, there's ways to scale up, right? You can buy more leads, I'm sorry, buy more ads, um, market different ways, use SEO. Like you could, you could invest back into your business to scale the business. Um, and then that's obviously going to cost you money, but it's an investment you're spending, you're investing back into your business to, you know, get more traffic, to get more you know, an audience. Um, you could use your policy for that. You could use your infinite banking policy to borrow against the policy, use that to invest in your business and help grow the same way how you would have a line of credit with the bank. You would have your own line of credit, but the, the advantage of doing so is you would keep the interest in your pocket rather than spending that interest out to other lenders. Okay. That. I liked that description that kind of um, made me understand it a little bit more. And I love that concept of investing back into your business versus just spending money because I think we all struggle with that. We're like, well, why would I buy this course or why would I get this coach? Because it's just more spending. But I love just reframing it like it's not spending if you're investing in your business so how do we get like, do you have recommendations for like how to shift that? It's almost like a mindset shift or something like spending versus investing. Yeah, definitely. It is a mindset shift. Um, I think one way to kind of put it is that if, if for every dollar you spent, let's just say, you know, not specifically in your, in your specific business, but let's just say in general, every dollar you spent, you would get 10 cents back on that, on top of that. So you put $1 somewhere and then you get 1.1 back, you know, how much money would you put into that vehicle or that option? And 
And I think when you answer, there is no limit to that, that's when you, you understand in the, the concept of investing back into your business and you know using it with infinite banking. So I guess that's where people don't, don't get it is that why am I spending that dollar? Well, potentially to get back 1.1 on every dollar spent. And if that's true, then there's really no limit to how much you would spend because the more you would put in, the more you would get back and it would keep compounding over and over again. And hopefully more, right? Hopefully more than 1.1. But yeah, that's a great way to frame that. So with this infinite banking strategy, what are the tax advantages? Yeah, definitely. So so the, the growth of the policy as it's growing, so the, your policy is going to grow over time from compound interest and from dividends from the company that's with. Um, and as that's growing, it's growing tax deferred, meaning that as it's growing, you don't have to pay taxes on the growth of the policy. That's one advantage. The second is that since this is an after-tax vehicle, meaning we're paying taxes first on the policy on on our income and then depositing depositing it into the policy, um, when we take that money out in the later years, even with gains, it's tax-free withdrawals, tax-free loans, tax-free gains. We don't we're not paying on on the growth of the policy. So over time, let's say for example, over time your money you know you multiply your money by five times in your future, you don't pay taxes on that. So tax-free growth. And then also, since it is life insurance, one interesting thing is that the death benefit, I know, you know, that's not the main topic of this conversation is the life insurance part. But just for the for the audience, you know, that the life insurance part, let's say it's, you know, a million dollars, that part is, um, and, and if you pass away, it goes to your family income tax free. So that's a third uh, tax benefit too. And then maybe in some situations, you can add a fourth one in. And this is, this is a little bit tricky. This, you know, this depends on a lot of other factors. And I would check with your CPA about this. But if you're borrowing the, from the policy and you're using the money that you're borrowing from the policy for business expenses, you could write off the interest that you pay when you borrow that money. So that's kind of the, the fourth layer. So yeah, it can get very technical and very intricate. And there's a lot of creative things you could do with infinite banking. It's really not just a, you know, one size fits all kind of solution. It's, it's very agile and different. It can adapt to different businesses and, and different and, and different business models. This is alluring, Sari, because I feel like I pay so much money in taxes. I feel like that's all I do when I look at my budgeting sheet. It's so hard some months, like we're just coming out of a season where we put a lot of money toward taxes. And I just feel like it never ends. So to have a way to kind of creatively think through how to go about the whole tax situation without feeling like we're hemorrhaging money constantly, I think, sign me up. That sounds so awesome. And I like that you use the word creative. It's not dishonest. You are following the rules. You're just using creative strategies, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with taxes, a lot of people, um, it's like a sensitive topic for a lot of people, right? People have different political and social views around taxes. And, and some people think that um, that when you cut back on taxes and save, that like you're cheating the government or cheating society. And it's actually the opposite of that because Congress and the IRS every year get together and they come up with tax laws or they modify tax laws. And so when, when they write these these laws that help people help business owners save more in taxes, they're actually doing so to stimulate the economy. Because let's say, for example, you make $100,000 in a year and let's just use even numbers, your tax liability is 20,000. The government, rather than you paying the government $20,000, they would rather you take that 20,000 and then go and buy leads and hire employees and use software and then stimulate other businesses and other people 
and employ other people. And then the, the government, the government will get their money back from you. Just not that they want it. They want it back in the later years with more, more money from, you know, various sources uh, of, of revenue. So like, you know, I think uh, the government collects about $2 trillion a year in taxes. About 95% of that comes from W-2 employees, you know, from people who work jobs and not from companies, you know, not from McDonald's and BP and all these other companies. They, they don't, they pay the least in taxes because they're hiring so many people and all these people are paying social security and Medicare taxes and income tax and all these taxes. So in other words, every strategy out there, number one was written by the government. It was approved by the government and it just, it takes a sophisticated business owner and an accountant and tax attorney sometimes to understand these laws and the guidance of these laws for you to to take advantage of them. They're they're written for the people. They're not written, you know, as a secret and only certain people could could utilize them. So they're there for us to use. You just have to know how and how to go about it, right? So it's not like we're being sneaky. They're there. They're 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 written there for us. So why not? So we talked about retaining money. We talked about tax advantages. I loved how you talked through all of that. Do you have any tips for growing a blogging business? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess if you had pretty much two options, right? Like option one was was just, I'm going to grow cash somewhere um, outside of my business. I'm just going to let it grow outside of my business, not touch it, um, not use it. And then option B was, I'm going to reinvest all my money back into my business like how we had mentioned earlier, how that, that could be beneficial for you, how you could kind of multiply and compound your money over and over again with the same dollars. Well, let's combine option A and option B together. So this way we're saving money. And then as we're saving money, we're able to borrow against our savings and then use that to invest in our business. And then if you want to get super nerdy, we could talk about using your policy for tax deductions, growing it tax deferred, paying interest, and then writing that off as a tax deduction. And then kind of having this infinite growth of, of money over time that's compounding and never being interrupted. So let's say, for example, somebody is 30 years old and they're saving into one of these policies for 40 years until age 70. Um, by age 70, let's just use even numbers. They have you know a million dollars in retirement. They never interrupted that growth. So they were able to use that money throughout the years in their business, in their food blogging business, and pay that back and, and retire still have their business and still have all that tax-free growth over those years. So in other words, you don't have to choose between option A and option B. Either do I save my money now for the future or do I reinvest in my business? You combine those together and then by by combining those together, it creates more leverage and more options. It also leads to an abundance mindset because I think most people have a limited mindset where it's like they have to choose one over the other. You know, like there's only one solution they can choose at a time and with an abundance mindset, you're kind of choosing numerous things and integrating them together and, and, and having them kind of roll with each other and helping each other. So in other words, the food blocking business helps grow the infinite baking policy. And then the infinite baking policy then helps grow the food blocking business and then back and forth. And they, they're, they're supplementing, they're complementing each other and helping to grow each other. This is exactly what banks do and private equity firms and investment firms, you know, they're using other people's money and they're coming, to, coming up with all these strategies. They don't really own anything, actually. Even when you go to a bank and you borrow $20,000 from a bank, they're going to go and borrow that from somebody else at a lower interest rate and then sell it to you at a higher interest rate and then earn a difference between it. They're pretty much wholesaling money. And that's brilliant because 
you know, people don't know that actually people think that it's entirely the bank's money, but it's not. They're just using leverage. They're using other people's money, other people's time and all these creative things. And again, this is why we, we named the show Thinking Like a Bank. You know, we, we, we talk about these strategies and these principles. We bring on bankers and accountants and lawyers and they talk about these strategies. So I just, I just think it's fascinating uh, for all business owners to use these you know, tools that were, you know, again, created by the government for the, for the people. Abundance and creativity. Those are two of my favorite words. And I love that you use them because when I hear the word finances, I kind of shut down. It's always been a thing for me. I'm getting better, Siri, but I think a lot of food bloggers might be in the same boat or they hear the words money or taxes or finances or anything related to that. And they're like, Oh, gosh, I don't want to talk about it. But when you put the words abundance and creativity in there and talk about it the way you're talking about it, it's so much more appealing. So I love that you're saying that. What if people are listening and they're like, I still just don't want to deal with it. Does your business help kind of round out like where to start and how to move through the process of doing something creative like this? Yeah, absolutely. So what we do is when when listeners reach out, we have an intro call, intro call just to kind of get to know each other and to see if if we're going to be a good fit working with each other. And then after that, we would set up a financial analysis call. This is like a, it takes about like sixty minutes to do. It's more of not necessarily the the financial parts of of the business, but also the the person with the business owner where they want to go, why they want to uncover certain things, like what what is it that they want to reach in their life. And then we help them create a solution that's going to achieve that goal or achieve numerous goals. And then obviously those goals can change over time, over you know five years, 10 years, 20 years could be completely different. So we, we help identify and understand where the client wants to go financially. And then we build out a solution that will help connect them there, that'll help bridge them there to there. And this is where the creativity comes in is that because we don't know the person's financial situation yet and we don't know their business situation. Somebody who you know could be a you know, a food blogger with, you know, 20 employees and makes, you know, $5 million a year is going to be in a completely different situation than somebody who just started. So we want to know where they're going, what's, what's currently happening. So that way we can um, start recommending these solutions. It's also like, it's like saying like, for example, you go to the doctor's office and as soon as you walk in the doctor's like, here's your prescription. And you're like, I didn't even tell you what was wrong. You know, (laughs) Uh, that's, that's how financial planning has been. Uh, for a lot of people is that, you know, you, you sit with the financial advisor and the financial advisor is like, put all your money in the stock market. And you're like, I didn't even tell you what was wrong yet. I didn't even tell you. So you, we, you, we have to do the diagnosis part. We have to really understand the client, understand their mindset before making any recommendations. That's so true. I mean, I think we've all had that experience where we go to a doctor and they just assume something about us. So I think that's a really good analogy to use. Um, so it's very individualized. How long does the process usually take from the time people get started until there's like a plan? Yeah, it could be. So it's, I guess the fastest way to put it would probably be like if somebody reached out, uh, we could do that analysis probably depending on our schedule, probably a few days after that. And then a week for the solution. And then about, it takes up, there's, since it goes through a life insurance company, there's about four weeks of underwriting involved. So I would say the whole process, like quickly done, would probably take about six weeks to, to, to fully be implemented. Okay, so what are next steps? Where do people go? And just talk us through that. Yeah, so since they made it this far, if they, um, if they go to our website, finassetprotection.com, F-I-N, assetprotection.com, 
Um, you could um, ask for a free copy of the book, Becoming Your Own Banker or The Bank on Yourself Revolution, or I can send you both if you'd like for free. If you're not ready to schedule the intro call yet, you could just download those free books. And then once you're ready to do the free call you, for the, the free 15 minute call, you could do so. Or if you want to just do all of them at the, at the same time, you want to schedule the 15 minute call and download the books, you could do all that too. So it's up to you, whatever you guys want to do. It's finassetprotection.com. That is great. Everyone go there if you're interested. And is there anything we missed today, Sari, that you want to touch on regarding this whole topic? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's back to like, you know, the whole mindset thing. Like I love how you asked me about the, the mindset. It's de- it definitely takes a different mindset uh, using this concept. And, and I think that in all businesses, you kind of start off with your subject matter. Like if you're in food blogging, if you're an accountant, if you're, you know, if you sell courses, whatever it is, you have your subject matter that you know. And then I, I guess the next step for everybody is the entrepreneurial level or the business level. And, and I guess that everybody's subject matter is going to be different. So somebody who does food blogging is going to be different than somebody who does accounting. But when they go to that next level of thinking like an entrepreneur or thinking like like a, like a large corporation, then people start to have similarities in the way they're thinking. Now you're not thinking like I'm just a lawyer running a law firm or I'm just an accountant running an accounting firm or I'm just a writer just blogging. You're thinking like a business person now. And I guess that's where I, like, that's where I kind of like I, I, I'm pushing people to go to that next level where you're thinking like a business person and not necessarily just stuck in your subject matter expertise. That obviously the subject matter expertise is super important, but it, it kind of differs from the entrepreneurship route is that you're thinking like an entrepreneur now. You're thinking now, how do I grow wealth? How do I protect it? How do I save on taxes? How do I have tax retirement? How do I pass on wealth to the next generation? These are different things that you know large corporations and, and business owners think about. This can be a hang up for food bloggers because a lot of us started food blogging as a hobby. So after a number of years, we get to a point where we realize that it's not just a hobby. It can be an actually like an actual lucrative thriving business. So there's this weird moment or like a, um, you know, a, a period of time where we go through this process of like, oh my gosh, this is not a hobby. This is an actual business. And then eventually we get there. And I feel like that is when the money starts coming in. We take things more seriously. But there's this weird stretch where we're kind of figuring that out and we're changing our mindset. So it was fun to hear you talk through that. Yeah, like this is an actual business. If you are here to make money and get those freedoms that you want treat it like a business, right, Sari? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Make business decisions. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make business decisions. Love it. Thank you so much for your time today. It was an honor, just a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, Megan, thank you so much. Likewise, I appreciated being on and I appreciated the, the questions and having our conversation. Before you go, I like to ask my guests if they either have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with food bloggers beyond what we've already shared. Yes. Mm -hmm. So a banker is, this is by Mark Twain. And Mark Twain said that a banker is a fellow who will loan you his umbrella when the sun is shining, but wants it back the second it starts raining. (laughs) Okay. That's funny. (laughs) I like that. Mark Twain said that, huh? Yeah, so never rely on banks. (laughs) That's hilarious. 
Well, what a fun way to end. Thank you, Sari, for all of this. We will put together a show notes page for you. If anyone wants to go find those, you can find them at eatblogtalk.com forward slash financial asset. Sari, we've kind of talked about this where people can find you online, but are you on Instagram or anywhere else where people can locate you? Just on, I'm, I'm just on LinkedIn. I'm Sarah Ibrahim. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm going to get my socials back up. I know I'm boring, but I just, I'm just on LinkedIn for now. Sounds good. Well, thank you again for being here. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk. 